0: Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Etchley. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Last Sunday, I spoke about the heavenly Jesus. I started talking about the heavenly Jesus and I, I quoted from... Hebrews chapter twelve. That wherefore foreseen, we are surrounded, compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does easily beset us, and let us run with patience or perseverance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. You remember, said Christian life, Christian race is the only race we run, not looking on the track, but onto something else and onto uh, our uh, our the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So I spoke about Jesus is seated in heaven. But when you read the epistles, we also find out that Christ is in us. So Christ is in heaven and Christ is in us. At the same time, he's in heaven. He's in heaven, but at the same time, Is in us. Hallelujah. And I spoke about the portrait of Christ in the epistles, how the Christ is portrayed in the epistles. And then I came to Hebrews and I spoke about, I didn't finish that. I spoke, I gave about 13 or 14, um, where Jesus is portrayed, the heavenly Jesus is portrayed in Hebrews because Hebrews focuses on the Christ in heaven, his heavenly role. As he's in heaven, so we found out that in Hebrews chapter one, verse five, he's portrayed as God. He's portrayed as man in Hebrews two six. He's portrayed, as, uh, sorry, as son of God in Hebrews one five, as m- son of man in Hebrews two six. And in Hebrews two six, he's portrayed as God. And in Hebrews one eight, he's portrayed. He's Hebrews two six, he's portrayed as son of man and man. And then he's portrayed as God in Hebrews one. 8. He in Hebrews one two he is the appointed heir of all things. Hallelujah. In in and then in Hebrews chapter uh, one verse nine he is the anointed one. So he's the appointed heir of all things. He is the anointed one. He is the captain of our salvation. Hebrews two. Uh, Ten, he and he is the sanctifier. Hebrews two eleven. He is the our constant aid, our constant secure. Hebrews two seventeen. He is our instant helper. Hebrews four sixteen. It's amazing who Jesus is to us. He is all things to us. Amazing. That's why in Colossians chapter. I think 2.10, he said that I, we are, 2.9 and 10, 2.10, said so we are complete in him. We are complete in Christ. When you are in Christ, you lack nothing. And in Hebrews chapter, um, chapter 3, verse 1, he is our, he's portrayed as our High priest in Hebrews, uh, high priest. Yeah, I'll talk a lot about the high priest, so I'll come back to that. In in Hebrews chapter three, verse one, he's also portrayed as a apostle, the apostle from God. And in Hebrews chapter eight, verse one, he is the min, the 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 our heavenly minister with in the uh, ministering in the true tabernacle with an excellent ministry. Excellent ministry. So he's our minister, he's our apostle, he's our high priest. In the in the book of Hebrews, chapter seven, verse twenty-two, he's he's the shorty, the guarantor, the bondsman, the the uh, the bondsman of the new covenant. This new covenant is the one who endorses it. He, he is the sponsor of the new covenant and at the same time he is the mediator of the new covenant Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 and Hebrews chapter 12 verse verse um twenty four the it says to christ hebrews twelve twenty four to Christ the mediator of the new covenant you have come to Christ, he is the mediator, the mediator means that he's the negotiator he is before God negotiating on our behalf for better things hallelujah he's the negotiator of the new covenant, and it's not just that he's the testator. Is the, uh, the executor of the New Testament. So the New Testament, the will that he has died to live for us, he w- resurrected to be the, the enforcer. So he, he's the testator. He's the testator or executor. He executes the New Testament. So he's the testator or the executor of the New Testament. Testament. Hallelujah. What an amazing Jesus we have. He, our heavenly Jesus is amazing. He's supreme. He's all in all. He's all inclusive. He includes everything good that God can ever give to man. He is. He And then I continue to speak about how he's our um, Jesus Christ in uh, Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter Chapter 6, verse 20, he is the forerunner, our forerunner, who goes ahead for us. He's our forerunner. Hebrews chapter 12, as I just read, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, he's the one who, the initiator, he's the prince. Author, the same word, prince. He's the leader. He's the prince. He's the author. He's the, uh, the inaugurator, the pioneer of our salvation. Hallelujah. So he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And then in the last of it all in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20. Bible says that and may the God now the God of peace who brought again from the death Christ Jesus the great shepherd of the sheep. So he (laughs) hallelujah. Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. Who are the sheep? We are the sheep and he is the shepherd. Yes, he is the true shepherd. In his own words, in John, Chapter 10 verse 11, he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. In John chapter 14, chapter 10 verse 14, he says that I am the shepherd. I am the shepherd. In John chapter 10 verse 16, he said, fold or other sheep i have they belong to this fold but they are not yet here i have other sheep who i'm going to bring to this fold he's talking in his capacity as the shepherd and in first peter chapter 2 verse 25 oh thank you jesus let me read it it says that for ye were like sheep going astray man This lockdown time, don't go astray. Don't go astray. Because we have the propensity as human beings to go astray. But don't go astray. Why? Because it will cost you the blessedness of the things God will do for you. It took It's not that God's hand is short that he cannot save, according to Isaiah. God's hand is not short that he cannot save, but it says your sins. So God can help us. But when you begin to go astray, it, it makes matters complex. Stay focused. Stay faithful. He says that we are like sheep who have gone astray, but we have returned returning is our responsibility we have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls the word overseer i think in he said bishops this is new bishop of our soul. this is new kj he is the bishop of our soul he is the shepherd of our soul jesus is the shepherd a shepherd cares for our all our needs He's the shepherd in the capacity. I'm going to show a bit more. He's the shepherd in the capacity of taking care of of us, making sure we are well. That is why Psalm 23 says, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord, Jehovah Rah, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, in, and he said, I shall not. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He lead God. May God make you to lie down in green pastures as he's leading you. May he make you to lie down. He will make you if you follow his leadings. Regarding your financial situation. Regarding your ministry. Regarding your marriage. Regarding your career. Regarding your education. Follow his lead. Follow his lead. Not your feelings. Not public opinion. My brother, my sister... Oh, may God give us grace to follow his lead, not follow our our, our emotions, because our emotions can be very unreliable. You can hear something and just what you heard can change your emotions, either for good or for bad. You can't choose major, you can't make major decisions. You can't choose the course you want to study because of the way you are feeling at the current moment. That is why we have to let the Lord play his role as the shepherd. But Bible calls him, he says that uh, we are all like sheep gone astray. Remember gone astray. I probably may touch on it again later. Gone astray, uh, going astray, but but have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. Our souls. So where your personality is, In our, when I was teaching about the spirit, soul and body, but spirit, in our spirit, you can only have God consciousness in your spirit. You contact God with your spirit. John 4 24 says that God is a spirit. So if you want to contact God, I spoke about it, I I think Friday. So contact with his spirit. But so in your spirit, first Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23, he said, may the, may the Lord sanctify you. Your whole, your whole body or your, your whole being, the love, sacrifice, holy, spirit, soul and body. And I, and I said not soul, spirit and body. All right. Not soul, body and spirit or body, soul and spirit. That's our order. Our order is take, take care of your body. Then before your soul, before your soul. No, it's the spirit that can guarantee when you die. Your spirit, if you are sharp in your spirit. You can when people are afraid of death, you can't be afraid of death because you know you are not dying. Jesus said, "I laid down my life and I pick it up again. I will die when I'm ready to die, because He operated from the Spirit man." Alright, So, soul, spirit, and body. So, in your spirit, you have God consciousness. In your soul, you have self consciousness. Your soul is the seat of your personality. And in your body, you have world consciousness. That is why the, your body is the only means to be able to attach or have interaction with the material world. So if you don't have this body, you don't take good care of your body, it will affect how you can interact with the material world. Even though your spirit can be strong, if your body is weak, because a a weak, a strong spirit in a a weak and a fragile body can't do much. You need your body. So that's why you have to be mindful of what you eat. (laughs) You're eating. Some things is not good. Don't say, oh, today I feel like eating three bowls, uh, three bowls of ice cream. No, 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 no. Don't follow your feelings. Your feelings are coming from your soul, and so your personality, your soul. So if you make major life decisions based on your feelings or your soul, because of what somebody has said against you, what somebody has done against you, please get over. Let's get over this victim mentality. Play the 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 god card. Play the God role. Let him be your shepherd and you shall not want. So he said, Jesus is playing a role. When he came on earth, he came for an assignment. God, watch this, I'll I'll mention it a little bit more later. God sent him to us. He was sent to be our apostle. At uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. He was sent to be an apostle an apostle i will i will go into that a little bit he was sent to be our apostle he was sent to be the captain uh, the author and the captain of our salvation hebrews 2:10 and to be our, uh, our our leader the one who is superior to moses hebrews 3:3 so jesus is superior to moses according to hebrews chapter 3 verse 3 He's superior he has a more excellent he's above moses Right. And so we have him. He was sent to be one. Moses was sent to lead them out of Egypt and to bring them to to bring them. The objective was to get them to the promised land. But he couldn't make it to the promised land. And Joshua took them. So Joshua brought them to the promised land. So guess what? Jesus is our real Joshua. He is our real Joshua who is bringing us into rest. We are his partners. We are his partners. Hebrew chapter 3 verse 14. We are partakers with Christ. He is his his partners. He's bringing us his partners, his partakers. He's bringing us into the land of rest, into the place of rest, into the place of of the designation by where the God has designated us to be. You will get there. So he's leading us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So he came from heaven to be all these things to us, to be, to be, um, apostle, to be an apostle. Apostle is simply someone who has been sent. Okay. An apostle is someone who has been sent with delegated powers and authority. All right, so he came to be an our, our apostle. He came to be our shepherd, our the author, our author and the captain of our salvation. That's exciting. He came to be the one who is supreme to Moses. So for us, so for us, we have someone higher than Moses. Praise God, Amen. And he came. He, he's our real Joshua, who is bringing us. So as we follow him as his partners, we are definitely going to get to the promise land and get to the place of rest and place of glory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So he's our shepherd. Look at what he said. The Bible said in First Peter chapter 5 verse 5 it says, no, sorry, verse 4. First um, Peter chapter 5 verse 4 it says that and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive talking about, he was addressing pastors. Let me start from verse 1 and 2. To the, the elders who are amongst you I exhort. Elders there in the Bible in the New Testament meant People who take care of churches, so leaders of church, so like in the capacity of a pastor. Elders, uh, who are uh, today amongst you, I exhort who are also a fellow elder wh- and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God. He said, Elders, do the work of a pastor, shepherd. A pastor is a caretaker. A pastor is someone who takes care, who nourishes uh, 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 people like the place of a shepherd. He's making sure the sheep are safe, the sheep are fed, and the sheep are safe. And caring for the sheep. And no, that's what it means to be a pastor. So he said, care. So he said to the pastor amongst you, the pastors among you, shepherd the flock of God. It's God's flock. God's flock. Feed them. Feed them. The work of a pastor, primary work, other things may, secondary stuff can come in, but the primary work of a pastor is that of shepherding, which means that of feeding. John chapter 20, verse 16, seven, 16 seven, 15, 16, 17. Jesus said, Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these things? Feed my sheep. Feed my shepherd, Poimen is a Greek word. Shepherd the flock. In Acts chapter twenty, verse twenty-eight. He said that the Bible says in Acts chapter twenty, from verse seventeen, when he got to Melitus, he called he sent for the to Ephesus for the elders. He called for the elders when they came, he started talking to them. He said, I've not withheld anything from you, I've not shunned to declare the whole counsel of God to you, and I'm not so I'm not guilty of anyone's blood. Why? Because I've not declared I've not shunned to declare the whole, verse 26, to declare the whole council. So a pastor's job is to declare the whole council. Don't say only what the people want to hear. Say what has God has showed you in his word and teach the people, feed them. Then verse 28 says that, um, to the pastors amongst you, he said, take heed to yourself and to the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer. I don't appoint anybody that, okay, I'm going to be your man. You are going to be, uh, I'm going to be your pastor. No, it's the Holy Spirit who brings people for you to, for us pastors to pastor them. So he says that shepherd the flock of God. That means feed the flock of God, care for them, look out for their well being. Look out for their well being. The work of uh, we pastors, we are there to serve, to serve the people, take care of the flock, make sure the flock is doing well. Our first point of call in service is this thing, feed. So that's why it is very risky for a pastor not to be studying his Bible. It's very not risky, it's bad. In fact, it's bad, it's bad, it's really bad. And a pastor must always teach from the word of God, because nothing feeds the human spirit beside, apart from the word of God. We can talk about nice things, powerful things, mighty things, um, wise things, motivational things to motivate people, stand them up and who ha, who ha. But in the time of coronavirus, they will all begin to <laughs> crumble because there's no word. It's the word of God that nourishes. Man must not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the, proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. Man must not live by bread. So we live by it. We feed on the word. Jesus said, unless you, am the bread of life. I'm the bread from heaven. Anyone who eats me will have life. We, he is the word. So, a pastor's As primary assignments, primary, primary assignment is that of feeding the flock and caring for the flock for them to grow in the things of God and soul, spirit, sorry, spirit, soul and body. So we take care of your spirit. In, in, and then begin, as we take care of your feet, we get interested in, in taking care of your souls, so when you are down we want to lift you up, encourage you but we cannot do that at the expense of your spirituality so, as a pastor, I am more interested in the spirituality and the spiritual soundness of the people God has assigned to me to take care of. First and foremost, I'm more interested in that. And when they are spiritually sound, it is easy to for it to flow over into the soul and the body. If you are spiritually sound, we can. it's easy for us all to grow together in all areas of life. So spiritual soundness is essential if we abdicate the responsibility of strengthening people spiritually and begin to get into just all that we do is things people want to hear and other things that may not necessarily build people's spirit. The only thing that builds people's spirit is when we teach God's word and we speak God's word as it is. To people and break the text and explain. So that's the primary job of a pastor. It's not to be um, praying for people per se. Not to be. Primary job is to feed. Then we can take care by praying. The elders, when anyone is sick, let them call for the elders of the church. James chapter 5, verse 14. Let them call for the elders of the church and you'll pray for him. But the primary thing is we, we feed people. And a pastor's assignment is not to the community. Primary assignment, I mean, is not to the community, it's to the flock. I'll say that again. A pastor's chief assignment, primary assignment is not to the community, is to the flock over which God has made him overseer. The Holy Spirit has made him, which God purchased with his own blood, according to Acts chapter 20, verse 28 so that is and jesus is the chief shepherd so going back to the text oh i've, I've taken so much time on this one is that shepherd the flock of god which is amongst you serving as overseer not by compulsion but willingly not for dishonest gain but eagerly we a, a, we pastors are not it, we are human beings so a human being can sometimes be distracted and can lose focus it can happen to anybody Right, So we have to guard. That's why I said, take it to yourself first. Take it to yourself and to the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer. So it says that uh, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted. You see the word entrusted to you. God, some, some, for somebody to be entrusted, for, for him to use entrusted, that means that there's someone responsible for making sure, for example, if you are in, uh, uh, somebody's in hospital, They entrust them to the hospital family members. So my my child or my somebody's here, please nurse, doctors. You cannot mishandle them. And so we pastors cannot mishandle members. Sometimes, especially pastors from, it's easy for you to be a pastor with anointing and to begin to talk like the people belong to you. Talk like the church, you it is you who died to save the church because you are working uh, powerful miracles and things like that. It's very easy, and sometimes when the honor is granted us as pastors, sometimes the honor will get it can easily get into our head. It's, It's our safety. Net of safety safe zone is when we stay more in scripture because we don't carry honor in ourselves. Is the scripture is what brings the honor? No, you don't carry power in yourself. It is the word of God that determines the power you're operating because the word. Once the word of God is not there, nobody is powerful but God. So he said that don't do that for filthy liquor. But listen to this, listen to uh, best uh, uh, not uh, for filthy liquor. Those entrusted. To your um, Lord over those who are entrusted to you, but be examples to the flock. Those of us who want to be pastors, please listen to this. You don't become a pastor so people can say, "Oh yes, sir, yes, sir, oh pastor, yes, sir, pastor, oh yes, sir." That's not the why you became a pastor. or that's not why you become a pastor. Suit doesn't make you a pastor. Even Bible college does not make you a, does not give you a calling. It doesn't make you a pastor. It doesn't make you a church leader. Um And when, let me get straight to the point. And when the chief shepherd, talking about Jesus Christ, so here he said, Jesus is the chief shepherd. So he's the chief, chief sep- shepherd who we, uh, we pastors are under shepherds. But the point I'm, uh, what brought me here is that Jesus is gone to heaven as our shepherd. So he's not just, he didn't just redeem us on the cross, but he. He rose from the dead. He died, rose from the dead. Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. He made an open, he he spoiled principalities and powers. He made them nothing. He made them like piece of meat in his death. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 24, but God raised him from the dead because it was not possible that grave, the grave should hold him. Verse 27, it says that grave couldn't contain him. That death could not hold him. Corruption could not hold him. He he made a public show. He made them nothing. He made the death grave nothing. He made principalities and powers nothing. Triumphing over them in his death. <laughs> Hallelujah. He triumphed over them. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. He triumphed over them in it in his death. Made them as nothing, made a public show, and then he resurrected. And then passed through the heavens and went on our behalf. And he's our shepherd. He is the great. Shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. Hebrews, Hebrews, um, 13, 20 says, the great shepherd of the sheep. That's Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God, Jesus is our shepherd. Thank God, He's the shepherd of the flock in the name of Jesus. I want to show you something in Luke chapter, in, in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel 34 verse 23. I'll establish one shepherd over them and He shall feed them. See what the shepherd is supposed to do? He shall feed them. Now, that one shepherd, He said, my servant David, but he this was typological in other words he was saying this to about is david but he was referring to jesus all right jesus the one shepherd said i will establish uh, i will i will establish one shepherd over them and he that shepherd will feed them my servant david he shall feed them and be their shepherd and i the lord will be their god and my servant david Prince amongst them, I, the Lord, have spoken. I, I I, will set a shepherd and who will feed them. Jesus is our shepherd in heaven today because the Bible says that he, he, we are all like sheep going astray, but we have returned to the shepherd and the bishop over our souls. Over, bishop simply means overseer, overseer of our souls. Watch this. This is interesting. Verse 25 says that I will make a covenant because of this shepherdorial role of Jesus. It's very important. As a shepherd, this is the benefits we sheep enjoy from the shepherd. Now watch this. This is what we are going to enjoy from God because of a, a shepherd being put in place. I will make a covenant of peace with them and cause, uh, cause wild beasts to cease from their land and they will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep In the woods, you will dwell safely in this wilderness of coronavirus lockdown. You will dwell safely. Why? Because you have a shepherd over your soul. See the benefits of having a shepherd? And so when we are, when we return to Jesus as shepherd, you will not fear when drought comes. You will not fear when evil comes. It says that there shall be showers of blessings. When the Lord is your shepherd, blessings flow over your life. That will be your testimony. That will be your portion. Verse 27 says that then the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. You see, you will know what that means that Career wise, you, you, you'll be doing well in your career. Shakaya. You will do well in your career in the name of Jesus. He said that the, the, the trees, then the trees of the field, of the field shall yield their fruit and the earth shall yield her increase. The earth shall yield her increase. You will not be working and struggling and nothing is coming in and you don't have anything to show for. God will cause the earth to yield its increase. Whatever your hands find to do will be blessed in the name of Jesus. They they shall be safe in their land and they shall know that I am the Lord and I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. Every yoke of your life, yoke is something on you are not free. Addiction is a yoke. Addiction is a yoke. Emotional Enslavement. You are not free in your emotions. Every time there is bitterness, every time there is stress, you are not free. Say, yoke. I prophesied that yoke broken. You are not free to live your to live your your life in. Fool, as God has ordained it, I pray that every yoke over your life be broken in the name of Jesus under the auspices of our great shepherd in Jesus' name. I think I will leave it. So, when you have it, please, you can read it later. I think it's a very a blessing. I'm, I like it all the way to the end, verse that you that you want, but it's such a blessing when you have a shepherd. These things follow you. Blessings follow you. You will dwell safely in this time of coronavirus. It won't come near you at all. It won't come near you. Your family is secured. Your family is safe. And if it has managed to find its way into your house, I command it to leave that house. I command it to leave your territory. I command that demonic virus to leave your territory. I speak healing over your body. I speak peace over your body in the name of Jesus. So Jesus is in heaven as our chief high priest or our great sorry our great shepherd he's the great shepherd of the sheep but that's not all in Hebrews I spoke about he is our high priest in Hebrews chapter chapter 2 verse let's go to chapter 3 verse 1 let me start from chapter 3 verse 1 Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 I like it 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 hallelujah Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 wherefore holy brethren Partakers, we are partakers, partners, we are shareholders. <laughs> Maybe shareholders is not even the right word. We are, we are, we, we are part of it. Partakers. Who is a partaker? Someone who takes part of something. So we are partakers of the holy brethren. Partakers of the heavenly calling. This calling on our life is heavenly. Is heavenly. Is not earthly. Is not earthly, so don't compare it to natural things. You are, it doesn't matter what you don't have, and it does not matter your social status. Guess what? You are, you, you, you are a partaker of a heavenly calling. Hallelujah! You are not an ordinary person in the name of Jesus, holy brethren. Partaker of the heavenly calling, heavenly calling. Watch this. Consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. So Christ Jesus, he is an apostle and is the high priest of our confession. He's, as I said earlier apostle is someone who is sent. Okay, so someone who is sent with delegate, uh, dele, uh, with, with um, has been dele- authority has been delegated to that sent person to go. And carry out a function most of the time there in the New Testament is to declare a word to speak. So an apostle is a sent one. That's very important. And how about a high priest? So God sends him as a high apostle, a sent one. A high priest is also a called one. That's an interesting one. An apostle is a sent one, a high priest is a called one. So Jesus is the one who was sent to us and is the one who was who who, 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 who called. Look at chapter 5 verse 1. For every high priest, watch this, taken from amongst men, you ought to be a man in order to qualify to be a high priest. Because a high priest must be taken from amongst men. So Jesus, God picked Jesus from amongst men. The human Jesus, we pick, Bible says, in I'm going to go to them, but let me just go there and come back. Hebrews chapter 2, verse um, 17, it says that, but, oh, verse 17, wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. He had to be like us. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says, for as much, for, uh, for. For as much, sorry, for as much then as the children are partakers, this word partaker, partakers of flesh and blood. That's humanity. Okay, the children of God, we are humanity. For as much as we are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him who, uh, him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all, all their lifetime subject to bondage. For, um, for verily he took not on him the nature of angels. So the angels have a nature, but he didn't take that one because he's not coming to save angels. Jesus is not an angel. He's more than an angel. He's God, but he became man. Hebrews 2.16, for verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham, human beings, the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, it, it, wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. Why? That he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God watch this, in t- to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. So he, in, in all things, you had to be like us so that he might, be. the reason why he had to be like us, so that he can be a faithful, two, two uh, adjectives there, a faithful and, a, uh, uh, sorry, a merciful face and a faithful high priest. So in his humanity, He is merciful to us in his, so so long as we are concerned, he is merciful to us. So long as God is concerned, he is faithful because he has been sent by God to carry out an assignment. So he is faithful to God, so long as God, but he is merciful to us. When, when he, when you look at who you are and some of the things that you have been able to do or sometimes we do as human beings, you know that God shouldn't give you a second chance, but he's merciful. We have a merciful high priest. Hallelujah. We have a merciful high priest. We have a merciful. I'll say a little bit more about that as I go on. Look, verse. So, five again. He says that for every high priest, Hebrews chapter five, verse one, for every high priest is taken from amongst men, and so every high priest taken from amongst men, among men, is ordained for men. The, The high priest is ordained for men by his taking from among men. Who takes him? A high authority takes him from amongst men, ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices. Gifts is to please God. Sacrifices is to to cover our sins. Two things. Gifts is to please God. So the high priest is to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. Offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. Watch this verse 2. This is a serious one I'm getting into. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, astray, astray? For that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. This one, I think, New King James, please permit me. Bear with me. Verse chapter 5, rather, i have not it. Hebrew chapter 5, verse verse 1. Let me start from verse 1 again. For every high priest is taken from among men, every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices. He He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray since he himself is also subject to weakness. Subject to himself is also subject to weakness. Humanity means not perfect. Humanity means you'll be tired, you'll cry, temptation will come, weakness there even means inability to do things as you are supposed to do them. That is why when God gave them the law, the law actually came to expose their weaknesses. So that's why the word of God is good to preach the word of God to sinners. Preach it. Because see the ally, the word of God has got an ally inside a sinner. Which is his sins. <laughs> Every sinner knows he's a sinner. Every sinner knows it. You know it. Every sinner knows he's a sinner, and the, that's why those who don't want God they say, "Well, oh, I don't believe the Bible." Oh, please don't. And they, sometimes, people, sometimes people can get so animated and angry because you just saw you, saw you holding a Bible, or they saw you. They got so angry, and it's not the level of anger is not warranted. But you're wondering why? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a spiritual thing. This thing is spiritual. <laughs> so the, the word of God has an ally in a, a sinner, and the sinner cannot be saved without the word of God working with his ally inside. So the person sin, and the word of God comes to convict the sin, and the sin, the sins of the sinner makes the sinner know. Uh, man, this word is true. This word, and the sinner begins to look for a savior salvation. So he came to save us from our sins and the consequences and the repercussions of our sins. Now, he says that a high priest can have mercy since he himself as also a human being who himself has also suffered weaknesses. So he himself, I'll read again please just to make sense. Um, he can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is also subject to weaknesses. So Jesus Christ, when he came on earth, in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15, just, just few verses down the line, back, back of you, said, for we do not, watch this, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. You see the weakness appear, appeared again. He cannot sympathize. We have, In other words, we have a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses. The way you are struggling with some things, he can sympathize. The fact that he gave you another chance, say, God, give me another chance. If I do this thing again, kill me. And he didn't kill you. In fact, you got a new job. <laughs> Not to endorse the sin, but There's room in God for you. In John chapter 8, they brought a woman who was caught in adultery. The CCTV caught her. They had the tape and they brought her to Jesus. They said, Moses in the law said we should stone this person. What do you say, Rabbi? The Bible says that he bowed down. John chapter 8 from somewhere verse 6. He was writing on the floor. I've been saying this. Jesus never wrote anything. The only time he wrote was when he wrote on the ground. And that one is when he writes on the sun, the sun, the wind clears it. He never wrote anything. And he was writing on the sun. And theologians believe that he was writing, you know, the finger of God that wrote the Ten Commandments. He was also writing with his finger. And he, they were pestering him to answers. And then he lifted his eyes, verse 8. And he says that, he who is without sin, let him throw the first stone, then the rest can join. Now, just need one person, one, only one of you, who is without sin. Bible says that after he said that he bowed his head, started writing again. All of the people starting from the senior most amongst them, the senior religious leader, starting from them to the least. They he put down his stone, went, and they all left their stones and went. Everybody left because humanity means weaknesses. Yeah. To be human means there are weaknesses in your life. That sin lives in this mortal body. That is why Christ came to die, so that he can break the power of sin in the body. If you are not see, sometimes you know God is calling you, but people will say, oh, I'm waiting if I'm able to stop this addiction. I'm, I'm waiting if I'm, I'm able to stop this drinking or this alcoholism, this womanizing, this pornography, this stealing, this lying, or this business, dodgy business I'm doing. I want to stop. When I stop it, then I can really take God serious because I don't want am waiting. Listen, God is the one who will empower you to stop it. So don't say I'm too dirty to come to Jesus. When you come and acknowledge that you are a sinner, and you repent of your sins. He will empower you. He will have compassion. This is very important, that he will have compassion on those. So verse, verse 2 again of uh, Hebrews chapter 5, he can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray. What does it mean to be ignorant? Leviticus chapter 4, verse 2. Speak, speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a soul shall sin through ignorance... This is the ignorance coming. Through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which ought not to be done and shall do against any of them. So you, we can do something against the law of God without knowing we are breaking the law of God. That's when you are ignorant. You are doing the wrong thing, but uh, not with malicious intention. You are doing it because you didn't realize that what you are doing. You were gossiping about the pastor. You didn't realize that what you are doing is a sin. You are gossiping about the other sister, the other church. You say, oh, we? I, I, I. you have always gossiped. So you became born again. You continue from where you left off. You are born again and you are still fornicating. You started it. You didn't know that fornicating is, is, is a sin. It's against the law of God. And you were living in it comfortably. Until you hear the word of God, and the word of God helps you to know that is, but you became born again. So now this is not a sinner; it's those why people of God. When you break the law of God ignorantly, okay, Bible says that those who are ignorant. Look at verse, um, is it verse thirteen and verse yeah verse thirteen and then verse twenty two and verse twenty seven. Verse thirteen says that if the whole congregation of Israel sin through ignorance, so you can sin through ignorance, and the thing which be hid from the eyes of the assembly and they have done something against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which should not be done and are guilty. Then he said them what we should do. Look at verse 22. When a ruler has sinned and done something through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord, his God, concerning things which should not be done and is guilty. Verse 27. And if any of any of the common people sin through ignorance. So, so there's. Sinning through ignorance. Now, in Hebrews, as we read, it says that the high priest will be, will have compassion on those who are ignorant. And not only on those who are ignorant, but those who are going astray, or who have gone astray. So, those who are going astray. So, ignorance and going astray. You can be in Christ, but there may be ignorant moments, moments where you operated in ignorance and went astray. The high priest, our Jesus, oh boy, our Jesus is compassionate. He is compassionate. He's, uh, even as you have gone astray, he's still interceding on your behalf before the heaven, before the throne of God. So he's in heaven interceding. Oh, God have mercy. Lord have mercy. God forgive her. God forgive him. God forgive her. Now it's important. So he says that we have a high priest, Hebrews chapter three, verse one, holy brethren, consider the apostle and the high priest of your calling. And verse five, chapter five says that a high priest must be called among from, from the people. So an apostle is sent to the people. A high priest is called from the people. In verse five of verse four of Hebrews chapter five, he said, no one takes this honor upon himself except him who is called as a role. So if you have to be a priest, it must come through a Calling in Hebrews chapter five verse ten, Bible says, and God declared, "You are, uh, 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 you are. Uh, 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 this day I've called you." Hebrews chapter five verse ten, He said. God called him and proclaimed that you are high priest after the order of Melchizedek. The point I'm making is that Jesus is all these things. He's the son of God, son of man, the anointed man, the the the, the anointed one, God appointed one of all things. He is the uh, our the captain of our salvation, the uh, the sanctifier, he is the uh, our uh, constant help, uh, constant aid, our instant help, the mediator of the new covenant, the uh, um he's the is the executor or the testator, all right? The executor of the New Testament, he is the the uh the surety of the new co- covenant. He is uh our, 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 our uh, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is our forerunner. Is all these things. But chiefly, he is. Uh, so he. This is what the I want to say. He came down to be our uh, uh the captain of our salvation. And then he went up to God before God to be our high priest to bear with us in the presence of God and to care for us, our our needs. So he's gone up. He came to be all these things, and now he's gone to heaven and he's before the presence of God to bear to bear us before God. So it's like here you are, uh, here you are, and he's holding you before God. Is burying you ignorant in your in our ignorance in our going astray. He said, "Remember, he says that let us come." He says, First Peter chapter." Two verse twenty-five. he says, "For we all, are, as sheep, are going astray, but we let we return to the uh, the shepherd of our soul. So going astray, we come to the shepherd. So the shepherd it, there, it cares for us. So he, watch this. In his high priestly role, there is a so he, there is a pastoral dimension, a shepherdorial dimension of his high priestly role. And the shepherdorial dimension, Bible calls it a great shepherd." He is the great shepherd of the sheep. So Jesus Christ is now in heaven as a high priest seated in heaven. Bible says that he is the shepherd of Uh, So he's the high priest interceding on our behalf. But when you read Romans 2, he says that uh, the Holy Spirit is interceding inside us. So who is doing the intercession? Is it Jesus interceding in heaven or Holy Spirit interceding inside us? Jesus is in heaven at the same time is in us. There's intercession going on in heaven and there's intercession going on on our behalf inside us. Which is which? How is this? Is the Holy Spirit doing one and Jesus doing one, and how do they correlate? But now he is the high priest with the shepherdorial role. That's why when he appeared to John in the Book of Revelation, chapter one, I think verse sixteen or seventeen, Bible says that he had his belt. He was wearing a gown. That's the depiction of high priest, the priestly robe. He was wearing a gown with his belt, not on his waist, but his belt on his chest. We don't put belt on the chest. We put the belt on our waist. But why is he putting the belt on his chest? Because his chest is the area of love. Chest depicts where your heart is love. So now he's there caring as a high priest, caring for us. Caring for us. So the caring for us, he's doing intercession and he's caring. Caring for us has a lot to do with his pastoral role as we are on earth. So we are on earth and yet. He's shepherding us through pastors on earth caring for us, showers of blessing coming where we are in the wilderness and yet no, we are prospering, we are flourishing, no evil comes near us he is caring for us, he has that care so I want to tell you in this season of global pandemic where everyone people are afraid it's minus you, why? Because you have a heavenly carer, you have you and your family, you have a heavenly carer, believe brothers and sisters. You have a heavenly carer. His, his caring abilities and powers come into force when you believe in him. You may have him as I don't believe in him. Then you, Bible says that you actually say you are God, but you die as men. So you suffer what ordinary people suffer if you fail to recognize and put your faith in the God you know. That he's caring for you. So, Jesus is our great high priest. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Karis ministries. Stay blessed.